It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. All right, Deegan and Braden Lene, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So, Braden, you were uh, 2019 graduate, yes, yep. 2000, uh, and then Deegan, 2022. Yep, that's correct. Both uh, honor roll students, Ketchikan High School. Both uh, state runners up in wrestling. Yep. Won't I won't say anything more about that. <laughs> um, and then uh, blacktail hunters, killers. Blacktail. Yeah, would I, did I miss anything? That's it. That's yeah, pretty, much that. pretty much it. <laughs> uh, Braden, you were talking about your, your pilot's license. After you graduated, what was the, that process like? You're in the process of getting it. You have it. You're, what are you doing with that? Um, well, I was. the whole goal was just to have um, just the private, kind of just fly my grandpa's airplane. Mm-hmm. Didn't really think I would get a commercial or anything, but it's kind of fun, so I might try to make it a career. When, was, when did you first start flying? Like, when did you kind of say, I want to do this? Because there's a difference between I don't mind flying yeah. versus I actually want to fly. I would say that my parents helped me kind of, I had to have a little bump to get into it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was kind of a hard thing to do. I tried to do it in Catch Canada. I had tried to get hours and stuff, but never worked out. So then my parents made me just go down south and get it done. Nice. Where'd you go? Arizona? Tucson, yeah. Yeah, Arizona. Yeah, there you go. Deegan, college wrestler. Yep. How'd that go? Uh, it went pretty good. I uh, I wrestled 41 my freshman or my first semester, but I felt like I was cutting too much weight. I was a starter at 41, but it was just too hard to maintain. I think I went seven and seven, so that was pretty good for a freshman, I'd say. And then after Christmas break, eating all my parents' food again, you know, I'm out of the cafeteria, so I bulked up a little bit, so I yeah. couldn't make that weight anymore. Coach was a little bummed, but is what it is, and then I was no longer the starter anymore. Mm. We had a pretty studly guy at 149, so. Well, it's college. Like yeah, people are getting recruited to go there. It's not and, just yeah. throwing people out there. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Like I always tell my parents, you know, it's like every match is like a state finals match in college. Yeah, no warm-up no matches in college, you know. <laughs> no, no yeah. joke. People are there on purpose. That's pretty cool. It's the same thing with anything, really, any college sport. Like that's yeah, next yeah. level. And the reason why – well, part of the reason why so many people don't participate in college athletics is they recognize that it's over. It's yeah. like, yeah. I don't really go want to go through college athletics. I don't. I'm, I'm done with basketball. I'm done with football. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine with it being over. The other people who have to drive, it's it's tough. It's a full time job. And yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, it's pretty cool. So, um, to the main ticket item here, uh, deer hunting. When did you guys first start hunting? Um, was it a a package deal when you guys were both old enough, or did uh, did you get left behind a couple of years digging before <laughs> while Braden got to go? How's that? How did that start? Um. We used to go on um, Prince of Wales trips over, take the ferry over yep, there. Yeah, that's how, really how it started, taking the car over, you know, uh-huh. bringing some extra gas and just driving the roads. We would never get anything. Yeah. <laughs> My <laughs> dad was never really like a, a big time hunter. He kind of just, he would go with people. Oh, okay. Kind of took us just to kind of get us out there, but that was the start. Hmm. Yeah. I think we shot probably two deer in five years. Yeah, no, <laughs> definitely pretty slow. Yeah. 
Well, that's the I guess the perception of I guess we can we can reveal Prince of Wales because it's it's on. People talk about it. People know about it. Oh yeah. People think it's going to be easy, and I guess compared to what you're coming from in Colorado or Wyoming or wherever you're coming up from, it's a huge, yeah, fun place that you can drive and get away from people. Yeah, absolutely. And there are a lot of deer around comparatively, um, but yeah, it's not as easy as it looks. It's a lot. The terrain is much more dense than people think. Yeah. Um. So yeah, just driving the road system that can be you can luck into them. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why people are talking about the population being so much worse than it was is you used to be able to drive around and shoot four points. Yeah. Now it's tough to drive around and shoot a forky. Yeah. yeah so definitely. I think that's one of the main things. And then a lot of those, um, logging areas that were great habitat is just, they were coming back a couple of years after being logged. Uh, deer were in there and again, it was oh, easy yeah. to get to those areas because the logging roads were intact and it was perfect for, uh, perfect habitat but those have all aged out yeah and hunting an old an old uh uh, clear cut is very difficult to do so um so you've graduated since then yep um to to different areas yep um when did you first uh like the first deer that really made you think we really need to do this like every year multiple times a year this is definitely what i want to do well, I will say, um, so we were lucky enough to have 88 acres of land, private land. So when we were younger, we would set up game cams and whatnot and get some does, maybe a fork and horn here and there. And we got this massive four by three at the time. It was probably about hundred inch deer, you know, so we've gotten bigger deer than that so far, but it was really big to us at the time. So we got a picture of that guy and we were hunting after him for day after day, you know, Braden Every would go, day. Braden would go before school kind of crazy was this like middle school high school this was like middle school school? Braden was in middle school I was probably like fifth or sixth grade and I remember I mean Braden can tell a story of I think he ran into him one time I never got to see him though yeah I was I I, I might have told you this already but I was taking my dog up there just to have a partner just (laughs) hang out with him yeah (laughs) and I forgot my deer call at home so (sighs) bummed walking up the little logging road we have up there and I sat down next to this piece of flagging tape and I kind of gave it a little, and I just knew it was, it was over. I was like, oh, I'm yeah. just going to hike back. <laughs> so I sat there for a minute and my dog kind of ear flickered, looked over and I looked over and there's this rack coming over the hill Oh man! and it just kind of looks just over and sees me and ducks down. And I was just, oh my God. So I, um, tried to put a bullet in. It's a semi-auto mm. mini 14. You know the yeah. What's that called? The um, you try to get it. Uh, the, not a bolt action, but yeah. A, the um, you had to get it in the receiver. Yeah, and, yeah. It didn't go in, mm-hmm. and I thought it did. I didn't even look. I just pulled it back and let it go. So I went to shoot it. Click. Nothing. I did it again. I did it again. I did it like three times because I was kind of freaking out, and um, end up taking the clip out, putting a bullet in, and. By the time that half of my dog chased it off. Oh, nice. Never saw it again. And how old are you? That was that was a high school thing? That was probably seventh, eighth grade. Seventh grade, okay. All right, it's the same time. Yeah. So what are your parents thinking? You just said, hey, I'm, we're going to head head out, look for deer. We're going to put game cameras. Do they buy you the game cameras? How did that all start? So I think my dad yeah, pretty much bought us the game cameras. And then, you know, I never really went out when I was super young, like fifth or sixth grade. I was more like in middle school when I would go out by myself. But I remember Braden would always be out there going out by himself just hey i'm gonna go take the gun out for a hike you know so it wouldn't work very often but once in a while yeah 
good habit to have because that yeah, was still uh, when when a lot of a lot of your peers were wasting time doing other stuff or spending time doing other stuff yeah. i shouldn't say necessarily <clears> wasting <throat> but i remember growing up in cloak just having to be self-sufficient we'd just go out and yeah. play in the woods oh um, yeah. even in high school like we would chop down trees i i know it's illegal <laughs> um, that's a, like this statute of limitations that was a long time ago we chopped down some of these older trees and just like build little forts that oh, were yeah. like log cabins mm-hmm. it was just kind of the old homestead type thing but you just entertained yourself walk down to the river and fish and it was just parents didn't worry where we're at you know it was just make sure you're home by six and it was just so fun to be able to do that and yeah, yeah. you learn a lot of the stuff about um the terrain and habitat and i didn't hunt growing up but uh fished all the time yeah so much fun to fish. Such a great thing to have. Um, so with your time away from catch can, did you kind of miss that being able to just go right outside? Cause you're not doing that in Tucson. Oh no. I was only, I was only down there for a month though. Mm, okay. It wasn't too long, but yeah, that was totally different. I was staying in a casino hotel, <laughs> never went to the casino once, but a lot of people, I don't know. I just, I don't like the city like that really. Mm-hmm. You weren't but. tempted to go to the casino? Just to see what it's about. Just go to the. Was it, was I twenty one or twenty at the time? I think you're twenty one. Mm. I didn't do it. I didn't go to any bars. I didn't have time. I was just studying every yeah. day, all day. Yeah. Keep your priorities straight. Yeah. That's good. What about uh, you? Where you're in North Dakota? North yeah. Dakota. Yeah. yeah. So they got a lot of outdoor stuff there. Well, yeah. In uh, in like the fall and springtime, and you know they have ice fishing, but I was I never went ice fishing, but um i was always just stuck in my dorm you know it's super mm-hmm. snowy there not a whole lot to do if you don't know anybody that can take you hunting or fishing so yeah i was stuck in my dorm room for so long and then by the time i got home i i think i remember the first week i was out in the woods with Braden almost every day we were yeah. even you know obviously not hunting season's not open but we were shed hunting and going fishing and i remember the first week i just i told my boss hey i can't week i can't work this first week i just I need to be in the woods and yeah. you know, yeah. have some alone time. Do you get much shed hunting? I never go shed hunting. I just go walking around and I happen to find sheds. And a lot of times I find the sheds during deer season because it's like it can get swallowed up so quickly with moss yeah, and yeah, it's yeah, so yeah, thick. It's, it's hard to, you know, there's people that are, that are getting hundreds and hundreds of pounds of elk antlers and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. You just find where the herd was during winter. Yeah. They drop the antlers mm-hmm. and then you're good to go. Yeah. Um, do you? sheds on shed hunting missions or um, you just I'll say it really just depends on the day you know mm-hmm. usually we'll find if we spend it all day maybe like two or three but there's been a day that Braden found 10 and yeah, i found one good. yeah i found one so that was a pretty bad day for me really there was another day. day you found like five or six though yeah I or mean, something like that yeah that might have been my pr maybe five in a day but <laughs> <laughs> you know it's usually yeah. like two or three a day if we spend it all day yeah. yeah do you go out to spots where you've hunted or where you have game cameras or random spots um, we usually, I mean, we, we've only gone to this one area that we like to hunt. Um, we recently put a couple game cams over there, but usually just that one spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Spots we've hunted before, you know, see if there's any good genetics there or anything like that. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them and using their service, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. For anyone who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. I was hesitant about having to get a new phone and a new phone number, but with Mint... 
You can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone and your same phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or for a family, and at Mint, families start at two lines. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and to get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com/waypoint. That is mintmobile.com/waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com/waypoint. You um ever know there's some deer around because you check out some of the rubs you think there's got to be a mega around here oh, yeah. but you never see him and then you see it later on the game camera you know we don't really have very many game cams mm-hmm. i only have one right now we did um we were hunting this well we were shed hunting this spot originally we found 10 sheds and all of them were three and four points so we we were set going that spot and we'd shoot two point after two point every year mm. and we were like pretty bummed yeah we couldn't find anything in this last year Went over there, took my girlfriend for a hunt. She's only shot one deer. Blew the call. Here comes a crusher four-point. Nice. Missed it. Oh, boy. It happens, but I had to leave town for work, and I told Deegan, I said, you got to go and get it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so that's where I come into play, so. It was about Thanksgiving time, so I said, Mom, you got to get me a ticket home. I got to go get this thing, (laughs) so. I try coming home and I overfly to Juno because there was too much wind Perfect. or whatever, yep. something like that. So I had to stay the night in Juno, and my three-day hunting trip turned into like a one-day hunting trip. So I have like half a day, and I, I remember I had to be on the plane at like three or four. So I went over there super early, and I didn't think I was going to get anything. I was just having fun in the woods, you know. All of a sudden, I come over to this top of this crest of this hill, and I see him at like 15 yards. Oh, jeez. We both make eye contact, and within – two, three seconds, it's gone full sprint. So, and I seen it as soon as it looked at me, I knew it was him, you know, mm-hmm. massive, wide, tall, all, all you wish for running away. Do you worry <laughs> about, um, educating them? Cause sometimes oh, that, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it seems like you, you hear about people who I saw him once and I saw him again. And then the third time was a charm. I'm like, it seems to never happened. I know. I've if, never seen a deer twice like that. I feel like the only time I see something twice is if like I saw one and then like two days later, when you would come to class and show a picture of the dead deer, I was like, yep, that's the one. <laughs> I think that happened when you were a junior, uh, Braden. You got a, a big deer, and someone was like, oh, did you see Braden's deer? I was like, no, I had him first hour, but he didn't say anything about it. And then uh, I was like, Braden, you shoot a nice buck? He said, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, well, why do you tell me? He said, well, I didn't want you to feel bad. I was like, oh, well. <laughs> we, we, we knew we were hunting kind of the same area. It wasn't like the exact same spot, but it was kind of funny. I was like, yeah, that's, that's a nice guy. Worried about uh, his... his <laughs> His teacher's feelings. That's funny. Um, I remember that. Yeah, some of those areas, I think that the bucks get so something. I don't know what it is, but you always see a couple, and maybe they get shot off the record, but um, there's always like a four-point in town somewhere. Oh, I know. And then they just kind of, you know, it's about maybe this time, I don't know, a couple weeks from now, I guess, right before the opener. Yeah. And then... You know, and then when a lot of people that are shooting around in this area are getting smaller deer, but yeah. they're just something about they're they're smart or they're just their instincts are really really yeah. good honed in. Yeah. I don't know, but then there's also stupid ones where people just 
shoot him right standing next to the road. Like, yeah. what, what's going on here? I but, know. Has there been something that's actually first we should go Alpine first. Is there some Alpine tactic that, uh, that you've learned that's been really good? I mean, Alpine's fairly easy. If you get to an area where it's good habitat, it's just a matter of you know, your morning session, your evening session, but yeah. also I shot my first four point at like noon because he was just bedded in the shade in this little, <laughs> little crevice area. So it was hot as heck, yeah. but it was noon. He just happened to be bedded down in the shade and that was where I got him. Yeah. But, uh, anything about Alpine hunting that you've, that you've learned? Well, I will say, um, over the years, I feel like being more patient when you can at a deer, you know, you spot him and you just instantly want to run to him and go shoot him, but it always doesn't work out like that. You know, you got to see around him, see if there's any does that'll blow you out or something like that. So I feel like being patient when you can, obviously if there's a 10 minute window, you can't really don't have time to be patient, but. And depending how far it is or whatnot. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like sometimes in august the deer kind of stand there and don't know what's going on mm-hmm. you know they oh what's that and sometimes they see it from a long ways away and run so like you were saying i don't know yeah it seems it seems to depend um but that, that discipline and also cutting the distance in a smart way you can get really yeah. excited because you've been thinking about it for the last nine months yeah. oh i can't wait can't yeah. wait or if it's alpine season it's a whole different thing you've been thinking about it for 10 months yeah and think oh i just can't wait i can't wait i can't wait and so you run over stupid or you get skylined or you don't take the time mm-hmm. um i think also cutting the distance because a lot of times they're in areas where you can if you're patient and you take some some notice of where this bulge is or where this, uh, the scree is or this, whatever is you can cut the distance a lot more. Oh yeah. Sometimes if you don't pay attention and you rush it, you end up losing your frame of reference. And so you, you go too far, you pop off too early or something like that, but just kind of being calm. I think that patience is an important thing to have. And then cutting the distance. I haven't, I don't know if I've shot further than 200 yards in the Alpine. Yeah. You guys taking long shots or pretty close? I've taken one pretty far one, but it's kind of a hell Mary, Mm. but, um, Talking about closing the distance, the first four point we got in the Alpine, me and Deegan, saw it from probably 500, 600 yards away and watched it for like three hours as the sun came up just because there was no opportunity to get mm. to it. And just like you said, we weren't paying attention <laughs> about where it was compared to where we were. Mm. And I'm sure it moved a little bit, but we popped over the hill and it was like 20 yards away from us, turned its head right <laughs> out. Oh my God. That's awesome. Pretty crazy. Did you get him? Just barely. Yeah, <laughs> just took barely, a couple you know. Yeah, yeah. That's when it when it becomes a little western, becomes a rodeo. That's a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Uh, that's crazy. Um, another thing to consider: some of those areas where, especially at the morning dew, those things can slide a long way. I had that happen oh, with yeah. one of mine where I, I was about ready to to call it because it had been so hot for so many days in a row, and the fog had lifted, but there was nothing. I just saw saw something sticking up above uh, this deer's head, and I had these really cheap fifty dollar bushnell trophy binoculars that like my, my glasses did better than that yeah, yeah i mean just there's, just there's nothing here i can't tell what it is but yeah. i i made the stock down uh to it thought i had spooked but i hadn't i'd been really good and popped up and it was right there shot it and then just slid and then i got down to it and then i lifted its head but it was being held in by an antler and so, it went again. So oh, yeah. like it twisted my wrist and then i had to let go and so yeah down again so i had oh. to, to <laughs> All the way to take care of it, then up and over, pick up camp and go. But that was like one of my first solo alpine success, nice deer. Yeah. So you feel great about it, but you learn um, terrain. You learn tie off antlers if you're going to, if it's really steep. You learn, yeah. you know, where to shoot stuff, where you're going to find them, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty important, but a lot of fun. 
And then um, what about Rut? Um, what about Rut? Should yeah. I say? Um, do you like uh, calling a certain way? Have you uh, do you, do you rattle more than call because of uh, certain areas that get more pressure, uh, more patience, time of day? Like, what have you learned yeah, about yeah. Rut? That's uh, kind of your your game plan going in. Um, one thing I will say about Rut is. I know me and Braden practice this a lot is just get a whit far as you can away from like the road systems or the easy accessible land that most people will go to. And that seems to where we find most of our deer. But I will say that's a lot. We're hunting a lot more pressured areas, yeah. probably closer to town. I don't know. I, I think not going directly to a muskeg, which a lot of people think, and I'm sure you know this mm-hmm. too, but going to where the deer actually are like in the thick brush sometimes or just like the medium open timber that's where i usually try to call at sometimes muskegs mm-hmm. but i don't know i usually find them in the timber yeah you can get them walking through the muskeg people always get that oh came around the corner is nice four <laughs> yeah, by four yeah. but one of the things i was learning was just how many there's always that trail that goes around the muskeg and sometimes you have tracks through the muskeg, but there's always that trail that goes around in always. that transition area. Yeah. And so they can be bedded right in there. And so as you're walking down the middle of the muskeg, they see you in there out the back before you even yeah. see anything. Mm-hmm. And so you think, oh, there's nothing there. Nothing came to the call. Well, it saw what was calling. Yeah. And especially in high traffic areas, they know what, what happens there. Yeah. Um, there are times where I don't even call in some areas just because... They're used to calls. Oh, yeah. They've been called too. to so much. So, like, I'm going to maybe rattle, maybe grunt, but I'm just going to be as still and quiet as, and observant as possible and get further, like you said. Yeah. And I even sometimes, like, play the wind and totally overthink it. But, okay, yeah. most people are going to go here, and they're going to push them to here. So, if I loop all the way around here to get to here, they're going to push right to yeah. where I'm going to be. Does that and ever work? I don't know. I think it may have worked once. Yeah. It does get me a little bit tired and pissed off. So it was oh, like yeah. noon and I thought this was the easiest way back there is to go through the musk eggs, but I didn't want to do that. And so you loop around in this horrible, Twice as long. loud sal out. And so by the time you get back there, you're just, you're just irritated. Um, but I think that's the right frame of mind. I think yeah. a lot of times to have, and how can I get back to this area? And if everyone's going to do this, then maybe I should do something else. But that's our problem too. I feel like we hike way too far. I think we are, you know how Deegan was saying, try to get to an area where no one is hunted mm-hmm. to an extreme level though. Cause we'll <laughs> hike like two, three miles <laughs> and then start hunting, which yeah. is, I guess those deer don't know what the call is hopefully, but yeah. some of those, uh, some of those, those old timers that they'll post about doing a mile, mile and a half circuit and just being so still and so quiet and patient. And that's yeah. why they get them. I'm thinking, man, a mile off the, if you're doing a mile circuit off the road, you're not getting very far. No. That goes against, but I think that's part of, uh, if you're older and you're more patient, that works to your advantage. Yeah. If you're younger and you're more fit and gung ho, then yeah. maybe that's, that's beneficial to you too. But yeah. I don't know. It's, it's hard to tell because you never know anybody's batting average. The person who does the one mile circuit, it might work once a year yeah and they do it 30 times mm-hmm. so all right you might do the walk three extra miles but you know maybe that uh, works at a higher percentage but it's hard to tell there's no one free few people post when they didn't actually get anything yeah, yeah. But. what's what seems to work for me is just walking down game trails and bumping them honestly yeah and just having a quick you only have a quick couple seconds to shoot them but that seems yeah. to work i don't know 
Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing when you when you walk up on one or it stands up, and you think, oh my gosh, here it's happening. Yeah, it's right here. I got and then three if, seconds. <laughs> if they're obstructed by branches or anything, I've done that where I was I was approaching. I was still about a hundred yards out, but it was that great transition. So hundred yards from the muskeg, this is where the deer are. Yeah, and I was just walking as quiet as possible, and then it just stood up and there was no shot i could just see like eyes and there was a branch and uh, antlers and there was another branch yeah. and then the whole body uh was obstructed and it just kind of walked away didn't uh didn't really spook and so i just did really really low quiet um i was gonna say cow call that's my mixing up my elk <laughs> there um uh doe bleat and then waited about five minutes and then just slowly pursued and it had only gone about 15 20 yards and then I uh, got a shot, but it was patience. I didn't think I had. Yeah, I was like inside my brain. I was I was so upset that I had spooked or I'd ruined it. But you know, sticking with it. You guys yeah. get um, frustrated sometimes. Are you guys pretty even keel? I feel like Deegan never gets frustrated. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I, I just like being, I, I like being out there enough that I don't really get yeah. frustrated. If I do miss a big one, though, you know, you only get a few opportunities yeah. like that in a couple of years. Yeah. Like last season, I think I missed two really nice ones, and I was pretty frustrated by the end of the season. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't get frustrated. Yeah. I Dang mean, I, I, really. I try not to get frustrated. Um, you know, it kind of just fuels me for the next hunt, I guess, you know. Yeah. It just eggs me on that much more. So, I don't know. It's some, some things you can't control, you can't get mad about, you know. I mean, obviously, if you mess up a 10-yard shot, I'd probably be frustrated at myself. <laughs> I, I don't even know if that I would be beyond frustrating. I'd yeah. just probably <laughs> drop the rifle and walk yeah. away. Well, the but. four point I was telling you about, I <laughs> called it in. I blew the call one time and it came full sprint, probably 15, 20 yards. And it was looking at me for 30 seconds. I didn't think it was that big until yeah. I like kind of got a different angle and was like, oh, wow. <laughs> and, and proceeded to miss. <laughs> yeah. Stuff yeah. Happens, though. It happens. It happens. But uh, you guys are on a pretty good streak now, right? You guys have shot some nice four points. So how has that changed things? I mean, you guys are in your early 20s, and you've yeah. already bagged some monsters. How does that impact? Can you still get excited over a forky? Or are you still? Oh, sometimes, yeah. I, I think that um, it gives you patience, definitely, being able to know that you can pass a few deer and not be too upset. To make you a trophy hunter? It could, I guess, yeah. <laughs> a little bit, I guess, yeah. I I like the meat, though, so I'll shoot a few fork and horns if, yeah. I, yeah, if I, I haven't gotten any. Having four tags, well, why not? Yeah. Like, there's oh, yeah. no – yeah, and you, I don't think we get in the habit of having to justify and you'll post something, oh, this is a great meat buck. Well, you don't have to validate the fact that you shot a forky. If you shot a forky, good. You got yeah. some deer. You yeah. got, it's, it's fine. Um, but, yeah, living in an area where there's enough deer to be able to, to kind of sort through. Yeah. Um, yeah, you don't have to shoot. If you shot every deer you saw, some years you'd be done by mid-August. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's nice to save a, a tag or two for rut. But my wife is not a big fan of rut hunting. She wants to shoot all of them in the Alpine in August. She said. Really? Yeah. She said even if it takes us a week to haul them out, we're shooting all of them in August because I'm. <laughs> she hates rut hunting. She just <laughs> is hates. She's not the, like eating it. Is that why? Oh, she loves eating it. She she loves the the Frustrated. meat. But just the. Um, just the cold, wet waiting, yeah, sloppiness. And if you grow up here, I think it's different. But yeah. you know, you know, she's not she's not from here, and so it's 
dark and miserable and yeah. cold, and yeah. so it's a little bit uh, different. Yeah. She was pretty patient when she was elk hunting in Wyoming. She had a little little sun, a little bit warmer, yeah. a little bit obviously a lot drier. But um, yeah, so I think she's going to be really gunning this August, mm-hmm. which is fine. Yeah. <laughs> so. I also think uh, when you shoot a big buck in the rut, you know, it's that much more rewarding. Because an alpine hunt, you can see 20 bucks in one day. Mm-hmm. You can pick and choose which one you want. But when you shoot a big one in the rut, it's like you might only see one of those the whole year. Yeah. So just for me, it's just that much more rewarding. Yeah. yeah, I will say we shoot a lot more nice deer in the alpine than the rut, though. Yeah. And I don't know if that's because we go more or we're more dedicated to that. But now I want to shoot a nice one in the rut. I'm kind of yeah. Yeah. switched. Yeah, I also think another thing is we're always wrestling and busy with school. That's I know for me, also, I'm gone yeah. with yeah. college now, so I don't get a good chance to go rut hunting as yeah. much as alpine hunting. Yeah, the, the daylight hours and then the time. You can go anytime. Yeah. And you can go during the week too with yeah. most people going out during the weekends because they have jobs, you know, for teachers and for unless people are getting like a week off or taking a week off, which a lot of people do too. Yeah. But so, yeah, those, the rut situation is just different. You have the advantage that you can call something in, but it's hard to know where they're at. You go to the Alpine, you can see so much. Yeah. And you kind of know the terrain, those edges in the time of day. And they pop out their orange. Yeah, your orange gets that green. <laughs> yeah, that's so easy ridiculous. to see. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's pretty fun. You ever thought about archery? Doing any archery hunting? I actually brought a bow last last time we went alpine hunting. Nice. What kind of bow did you get? Um, my dad has a Matthews, and I have a. Oh my gosh. I totally forgot the name. It's called. It's an M sixteen, but I, I always forget mm. the brand name. What's it called? I don't know. I forget. Oh my gosh. I've only used it like five times. I'm kind of. I think you've only shot it five times. You've only taken it out hunting five times. Hunting five times. I never shot anything with it. What's it called? I have no idea. I think it's a prime. Um, I think it's prime. One of my friends works at a bow shop and he just set it up for me. So I didn't really like have to think about any of it. Yeah. That's pretty nice when you can just do that. To get too caught up in brands and everything, it's just whatever, man. Just whatever. Once you start to realize what you like or what you want in a bow, then you can start thinking, yeah, yeah maybe if the bow was this, then I'd appreciate it more. But Excellent. mine was just, they happened to have it here and it wasn't too expensive. So it's it's an yeah. elite, but I don't know if, I'm not going to get an elite tattoo or anything like yeah. that because I'm loyal to anything like that. You yeah. look at some of the Hoyt, Hoyt, boy, boy, Hoyt bows and look cool, but oh, I don't yeah. know the difference. I don't I, know. Yeah. Matthews, and, I don't know, but yeah. expedition archery is what it is. I yeah, that's what it yeah. is. There you go. Yeah, Deegan. Yeah, you know, I I, I really want to get into bow hunting, but I just feel like I don't have enough money. You know, I'm a college student, pretty yeah. broke, and then also the time factor. I feel like I don't have a lot of time to shoot that. You know, every week or whatnot, I'm always gone out of town or whatever. Yeah. It's fun to shoot, and, and it's, it's nice to have space here. I can go 40 yeah. yards from that telephone pole to, to right there yeah. um, across the driveway, so it's pretty nice to, to have some space to shoot, and that's frustrating, too. That you I was just you about to ask you how you've done that quite a bit. Oh, man, it's – yeah, sometimes you just feel like you're just nails. It's great. Yeah. And other times, it's no good. I missed uh, bucks on consecutive days, nice ones, right on the edge. Same sort of stuff. Just felt great on the edge of the musk egg. And I dropped the bow to watch the flight of the arrow, which dropped, and I just saw the arrow embed. I didn't have time to range, and that ranging is so important. I should just take yeah. the time to range. And I thought it was about 30 yards, 
and it was like 45, which was yeah. a huge difference, huge, yeah. a huge difference if you're shooting a bow. And then the other time I had my, my fleece all zipped up cause it was cold and it was raining and I was just sitting there. And when I drew back on the other, it was right, perfectly broadside, um, 30 yards in front of me. I took the time to range it, but then I couldn't f- find my anchor cause I had the extra fabric on my, on my jaw. And then I couldn't feel my hand. And so I was just kind of like fiddling around for my anchor yeah. and I shot left by about a foot. Yeah. Oh, God. Man. So, so many things could definitely go wrong, oh, but, yeah, uh, um, the caribou, everything was dialed in. It was nice to just, I, I was like 60 yards, man. This thing's dead. I'd practiced a lot. I'd really? practice. I would draw my bow, kneel, stand back up and shoot. Like I was just getting after yeah. it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So what's the furthest ranger comfortable shooting that? That was, I practiced a lot to that. So that's like 60, my, yeah. but it, it felt like a good effective range. Yeah. So I was, and, um, yeah, I just smoked it. It was yeah. great. Um, but totally different thing because so many other things have to go right. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just a nice thing to just shoot, come home after school or shoot mm-hmm. before school and yeah. just in that fun little yeah. challenge to, to do. So it's something to get into too. But yeah. And what about gear? Remember a couple of times when I've seen you guys out there, it was just like school backpacks and, oh, yeah. and jeans and just oh. like, which is great because us adults and people who have been, you know, we talk about gear and stuff, but like the kids just that you guys are in it just to hunt. And now that you're young adults, you're getting more into gear and you can save yeah. up some money and get some sort of stuff. So what was some of the first gear that you got? You guys are both wearing Kuyu shirts. Yeah. yeah, yeah so we The first gear I got, I think, Braden bought me it actually. I, I don't remember how old I was, maybe a freshman or sophomore in high school. But the first real gear we got was Yukon jacket and pants from QU. So that was a big upgrade. Definitely yeah. a big upgrade. What was it before? <laughs> uh, we didn't really have anything. Yeah. 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 Well, you had like you know, some guy cotton hoodies or something like that. You just take oh, yeah, whatever yeah, is kind of warm. You're not yeah. wearing, you know, regular cotton stuff like that. You yeah. kind of know what's going on there. Yeah. I had like um, a windbreaker pants I would always wear, but my legs would get wet yeah. through yeah. it. I think I remember I had an old Patagonia raincoat. Yeah, was, I, I had that for that. a few years and then upgraded to QU. That was yeah. nice. Yeah, it's nice to get stuff that's made for hunting. Yeah. Uh, there's a difference, especially with layering. Yeah. You know, you're trying to put together like a Patagonia jacket with a, a guy cotton hooded sweatshirt, and then it's just the mix and match stuff. It's just not going to work. Yeah. Um, so the it's pretty expensive, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, very, the technology yeah. is good. The layering is good, but it's pretty expensive. So you guys yeah. got some some good rain gear. You guys got packs. You guys were talking yep. about yep. Stone Glacier. You guys both have Stone Glacier packs? Yep, exact same. 6,900, whatever those. Nice. What was it? Sky Talus. Sky Talus, 6,900. Yeah. Brand new this year? Yep, we just bought just those bought this summer. We bought, we we upgraded quite a bit this year. Yeah, we we didn't really ha- – our dad had some Cabela's packs. Mm. Yeah, some old from massive packs. Probably 2012, packs, you know? 2010 or something. Yeah, I, that was my first until I got that one. It was just a Cabela's Alaska 2 frame yeah. pack, just a no frills, one big thing. It was yeah. – packed out some deers but oh yeah yeah that's the, definitely uh, the ones we had were pretty massive and i remember we were probably like 13 15 at the time and it'd be so funny i'd always look at Braden and he'd have this massive pack over his <laughs> over his back yeah we well, read about the the old timers which is those pack boards and you just lash stuff to the boards yeah. or people not even using that stuff and they're all just wearing wool which is just absorbing the water yeah. so you just so That's heavy, heavy yeah. And, yeah leather boots man just hardcore yeah, yeah. our hardcore. grandpa tried to give us one of those pack boards tie it on and i'm like i don't know about <laughs> does that. he still have it like that'd be a cool thing to have like in your house just put it up in the in the garage oh, or on the wall it, or yeah. something like that yeah that's that's pretty cool 
Yeah. What else uh, gear wise you got? Just bought a tent. Actually, what was that two days ago? Yeah, a couple days ago. Our tent. My mom ran over the poles. Nice. <laughs> we had them laid outside, and she ran it over. That was a bummer. But we just got a new QU. What was it? The Summit. Uh, I I forget the three person. I forget the name of it. Something but, yeah, Summit. Something QU three person. So why why'd you get why'd you choose that brand? We were looking at like f- three, four different brands, hmm. and I don't know why we did that. I don't know. I Everything guess. was close in price range, and we just yeah, it is. We have QU, so same. we just decided to go yeah. with QU. Again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people make a big deal out of what they choose, but it just ends up being availability. That, yeah. Like the Stone Glacier pack, I was able to get and try on because you can't try on packs. Is this going to fit? How is it going to feel? Yeah, I was able to try it on. And all right, sure. Bought it from a buddy. There yeah. you go. And that's it. So, and that got me to, uh, buying this stone glacier pants and then some yeah. of the other stuff because, wow, this is, this is pretty good quality. Yeah, this yeah. is from people who know what they're doing. They're not just throwing stuff out there to see if it might work. And some of the companies do that. They're just, Hey, we can make money off this. Doesn't have to be that good. We yeah. just throw it out there and, and see what happens. So, um, yeah, it just happens to be what it is. Do you have a brand a you, you choose from more so than anything else? Um, I slowly put together a, a Sitka system yeah. because there's some stuff on sale and then added stuff. And um, when they went to the subalpine, the older grayish digital camo, like that became, yeah. it was the old model. So it was a lot cheaper. So I was like, dude, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. so it was, I never bought any used stuff, but that stuff was on sale because they had the new stuff out and you just put that stuff together. That stuff's been great. Those, uh, the pants with the reinforced knee and the reinforced butt are great. Yeah. Um, I think they're the Timberline pant. And then the, uh, the fleece hoodie still have that after six years. Um, but just be that stuff kind of works and I know what it is. Yeah. And so sometimes you don't want to just try another company just for the sake of trying another company. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think whether you go Kuyu, where you go Stone Glacier or Sitka, it's, it's all pretty good. Stone yeah. Glacier's getting big into the, or I shouldn't say they're getting big. They are big into the one color, right? They don't do yeah, camo. They don't do any camo. Um, What's the benefit of that? I don't get that. I think it kind of goes back to the roots of you don't need camo necessarily to be a good hunter. Like back in the day, yeah. the people who were hunting, they weren't hunting in, in camo. Yeah. So kind of harkens back to that. And I think a lot of the, they don't really cater to that white tailed deer in a stand type hunter. You're kind of Eastern hunter, your your Southern hunter, which is where camo is probably a little bit more important or yeah. certain applications where it's pretty important. But like for Alaska, a lot of Western hunt stuff like that, it's, you know, it's about wind and it's about getting to your effective range. So yeah. if you're able to do that, then you're going to be in good shape. So, um, camo is not going to bail you out. So they've, yeah. they've never done a camo. They've only done solids and yeah, yeah, I, seems legit yeah, you know, yeah sometimes you can get caught up in stuff and make more out of stuff than whatever but i mean you guys shot four points before you had any camo so yeah i don't whatever think, i don't think the camo really is a super big factor no it's funny when you see people come up here in august and they're wearing their jacket through the airport like oh, brand yeah, new here you are to hunt <laughs> brand new thing still has the tag on it uh, and then the people off the cruise ships too that are wearing that like oh, i wish i was here for something else i'm on the family cruise yeah i wish i was here Where's Steve Rennell? I know he has a cabin somewhere in Prince Wales. Uh-huh. Somewhere Where over. is he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's good gear. It's good gear. Yeah. It's good gear. 
Um, I was I was told that the backpacks weren't really all that though. Weren't the Q-U, really? Q-U. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Three I, or uh, four different people told me not to buy it. Yeah, um, and I think that depends on what the company starts doing. Stone Glacier, I think they started with packs. Yeah, and it was we're going to design this and we're going to do this well. We're not going to flood the market with a whole bunch of stuff. It's like let's make really really good packs. Yeah, and then I think they went into they kind of slowly moved into uh, other things. And when they got bought by Vista, that provided them with a lot more capital so they could, because sometimes you just can't grow and have the money to grow. Yeah. You can't just, you have a successful airplane business here in Ketchikan, you can't just buy five more planes. It's like, well, we don't have the money to start with, yeah. right? It's just not going to work. So they were able to, to get more capital and they're able to make more products, which has been pretty cool to see that. Um, but I think if you're a gear brand, like I don't think the sick packs are probably great. They're probably good yeah but they've already made their money it was mostly in technology for gear or for for clothing so i don't know how their how their packs would be and it tends to be if you're a pack company first then you tend to excel at that i would think i don't know but um um yeah shoot i don't know i don't know what's uh what's next gear wise i think i'm in pretty good shape what do you got for boots that's uh crispy yep that's what i have yeah they're pretty nice yep I think I got the Nevadas. I'm pretty sure. And then I yeah. bought I bought a pair I shouldn't have. They, you were, they, they were too low. Oh, I, got, I don't know what they're called. I think I they're called. They might even be called something Summit again too. Hmm. Pretty sure. But yeah, they're just too low. I mean, they're waterproof. They're nice, but yeah, yeah. You need the ankle support going up the mountains. And yeah. It's going to be real slick too. So your foot's always just kind of uh, clenched over. I yeah. like the Crispies because they're. A medium stiff sole. I got a pair of Loas that were really, really stiff. Some of the sheep hunters in the, actually Tyler Friel recommended, and I don't know what that dude's feet are. Those people who can wear those, they just they just don't move at all. Yeah, I don't. Which like is kind that. of what they're looking for. But I got the insulated ones too, which is a problem too because that absorbs a lot of extra moisture. And so if you have heavy socks on and you have moisture in the insulated boot, like that's just a lot. You just it just tore up my feet pretty yeah. bad. So I couldn't really get them to break in. So I needed like a, a little bit less stiff sole mm-hmm. um and the crispy is really good with that but yeah. you know a lot of people really like loa and some of those those stiffer soles but you know just got to meet your feet that's another thing too. be able to try on stuff is big yeah yeah we've never i've never had that opportunity to do yeah. that honestly when you could just walk around the store and you can kind of tell but yeah, how is this going to work on a mountain yeah, yeah. and that's another thing too coming down you you can your feet can be great coming up, but coming down your feet all of a sudden just start scrunching the toe box and you start oh, yeah. rubbing the rubbing the skin off the tops of the feet. But I don't know. Deegan had a my grandpa oh, yeah. had a pair of his hiking boots. He's like, oh, these will work great for you, Deegan. And what happened to him? Yeah, so I, I get to the top of the mountain and all of a sudden the full bottom is peeling off, <laughs> and so it it was gone by once I got to the top, and I was pretty much. Hiking around in socks at that point. Nice. Both of them or just one? Oh, of them just came one off? of them. The other nice. one started to come off, but nice. I had one. Didn't the whole boot. bottom completely come off at completely one point? Completely off, yeah. So, like I said, walking around in socks at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Alaska will do that. Yeah. Alaska yeah, will definitely. do that. I saw a couple people hunting in the frog tog. Uh, have you seen that uh, rain gear? It's like 20 bucks. I don't know. If it's, I have. Uh, it's a couple steps up from the like plastic poncho. Oh, yeah. But the brand is Frog Tog, and it's man, like it is, it is waterproof, but not <laughs> at all. Uh, you just get torn up. I had a buddy that came up and was wearing that. He's like, "Got these great, great Frog Tog, and it's totally waterproof." 
the whole suit for 40 bucks. All right. (laughs) He blew out the crotch in like hour two. Yeah. And then underneath the sleeve started ripping and the sleeve started to tear off. It was just horrible stuff. Same thing with shoes that aren't meant to be like, it can be waterproof if you're in a rainstorm and then you're walking around and after that they dry out or they never get wet. But when you're in the muskeg or on the muskeg or even kicking the plants up in the Alpine, just three hours of walking around on that, on the damp vegetation up there, water's going to start seeping through. Oh yeah. So. It seeps up your leg. I've had that yeah. happen. So it's like waterproof shoes as waterproof as possible. But I mean, if it leaks on the, within a first couple of weeks, I just kind of expect that cause it's so wet here. Yeah. So, you know, you ever take an extra tough boots into the Alpine? Oh yeah. We've taken tennis shoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's true. Alaskan right there. Yeah. But we did, you used to use the shorty deck bosses. Before we had actual hiking shoes, we'd take those to the Alpine. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That, I've, I almost broke my ankle, I think, a few times. Yeah. Yeah. Not that the, the other ones give you that much more deck support, but it seems like that would just get soaking wet, too. Oh, yeah. Completely. All huh. the time. Yeah. That was just something we, we just never bought shoes. Yeah. We kind of had the attitude, wait till you're full grown to buy anything that you want to. Yeah, don't want to grow out of it, you know. Spend all that. That's money. true. That's yeah. That's good. That's good. If you but, bought everything, yeah. But man, made deck, for some brutal days shoes. sometimes. Yeah, that's that's horrible, <laughs> miserable. Yeah, that's a nice thing that um, if you have memories of hardly any gear, yeah. when you don't really know what's going on, if you have those memories, it makes it so much better. Yeah, and you yeah. appreciate the stuff that you have. Like I yeah. love the heck out of that Stone Glacier pack. Love, love the tent. Love like all the stuff that I have. I'm so happy. And I appreciate it more because I remember when I didn't have any of that stuff. Yeah. Those first binos that couldn't tell me hardly anything. Mm-hmm. I looked through them and it was like, oh, this, all it does is make me feel like I'm cross-eyed. Like they're horrible. <laughs> yeah. So to have a good set of glass. And I love my Vortex. And my buddy, um, he got some Swaros. And they're that much better, yeah. especially yeah. at low light. But I'm like, I'm so happy with my Vortex still. I, yeah. I can't, even, can't even be upset. We were going to buy some of those for. What so are, Swaros? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Too pretty, much. Pretty pricey. Yeah. What do you guys have for optics? I think we got Leupold. Leupold. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. They're great. Yeah. 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 Is that what you have on your uh, scopes and binos too? We like, had uh, uh, rifle scopes? I have a Leupold on my new rifle I just bought this year. But we had Redfield, I think. Yeah. I don't mm. remember. So I actually really sounds, liked them. Yeah. I don't know why. I got a Weaver scope that came with my 270. Yeah. And. It was fine. Again, yeah. for what I'm shooting, I'm not shooting out to 500, 600 yards. Yeah. 100, 150 yard shots. It was fine. It yeah. was at that point is as good as I could aim the, aim the rifle. That was yeah. the main, the main difference. Um, what kind of rifle did you get? Christians in arms. Oh. Upgraded pretty well. That's a nice one. What'd you have before? Just a little cheapo Ruger. Nice. But yeah. yeah. What do you got? Yeah. I think I had the same Ruger. We got two 308s. He, st- he still has scope. the Ruger. He, okay. hasn't, he doesn't have enough money I'll yet. I'll probably just use yeah. his gun when it's my turn to yeah. shoot. How much stuff do you guys share? Oh, quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, we were sharing binos last year. Rif- we only took one rifle. Well, I had a rifle, and then you had your bow. Yeah. yeah. How do you decide who shoots first? Like, has there ever been a conflict? Has there been... Oh, no. It, was it the hunt last year where you guys both got mashers? Right? Was that last year? I think that was, was that two years ago. Oh, that was two, two years, years ago. Years? But we yeah, also yeah. did last year shoot some nice ones. Yeah. Deegan always seems to be the guy who you guys could shoot, you could shoot, waits, and then ends up getting the biggest buck. Yeah. Dang. So you're the patient one, yeah. and you're watching them shoot four points. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, the bigger one's coming. Yeah. And he does it. Dang. He's done it twice yeah. in Dang. the last two years, right? Yeah. But yeah, no, usually Braden, he's always nice. He's always, Deegan, you can have first shot. 
but I don't know. I think Braden's going to get first shot this year. He's gone on a couple of alpine hunts in the past couple of years and shot last. Yeah. You know, watch us shoot nice bucks and then not getting anything. So yeah, usually I'm going to let him shoot first point. this yeah. year. Wow, there yeah. you go. Yeah, it's hard to plan. It goes so fast too. Yeah, definitely. Oh, you yeah. have a plan, then all it takes is that first week to be super hot or super socked in. And all of a sudden, your your second week of August, yeah. time's already running out, Yelling and then yeah. things are changing. And man, if all it takes is a little bit, but it goes fast. Yeah. So, yeah, excited for this year. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. When uh, where are you working right now, Braden? Sea Wind Aviation. You're uh, like driving van. You're not flying for him. No, I'm just like practicing, just like starting the planes and taxiing yeah. them to. There's two docks they have, so just kind of getting comfortable being down there. Might get my commercial this winter. Nice, yeah. very good. And then, uh, so you'll be around all the way until winter. Yes, sir. Okay. Yep. Good. And then uh, Deegan, when you head back? Oh, uh, I think the 28th of August. Okay, so you yeah. got. He's taking yeah. August. Completely I'm taking off. August off. So yeah, I'm working at Hump Island Oyster Farm right now. And you're taking you're taking all of August all off August from off, work. Yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. So he's, yeah. he's, he doesn't need to shoot first. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, that's good. You can, you can fill the, fill the whole thing there. Yeah, I mean, you're, definitely. you're patient, but, uh, yeah, that's good. That's yeah. the way to do it. Yeah. That is a way to do it. Get some quality, quality hours in. If, um, it's day one of, uh, of, of the season, would you tag if you had unlimited time to, to, to hike out? Obviously, would you would you take two, three, four? Would you would you tag out in your first week? Yeah, I, I guess know. yeah. You one know. one trip, maybe one trip. Let's say one trip. Let's say that you're going on a fly out. If there were four banger four points, would you tag out on the one fly out and just be done on August second? I want to say yes because it's four four points, but. I don't know. I think I think I'd want to go on a couple hunts at least. So maybe I'd take three of them. <laughs> I'd take three of <laughs> them and save, save for that masher, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But you brain. I might shoot them all. I don't. Know. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be hard to. Yeah. No. I'd, at least two or three yeah. of them. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. For me, it's not all about you know killing the deer. It's hiking the mountains, so fun, spending time with my brother and family yeah. and stuff. You know, so at least go on a couple more hunts that same year. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that's a cool thing that you'll appreciate, or you um, sounds like you are appreciating that. You had so much time together when you were growing up, and then, like when my brother went off to college, I was like, "Oh, the guy that used to live here is gone." Yeah, you know, you only see each other once or twice a year for maybe a couple of weeks. And my brother was in med school, so like he was gone a lot. We didn't even have yeah. summers together, so yeah. it was um, different. So it's cool to have that frame of mind that this is a cool thing to appreciate now rather than later. And yeah. uh, time with dad too i'm sure like oh definitely does yeah. he have some uh some mega bucks to his no name? he has never shot a four point or anything he's he will let us shoot him all day though he doesn't yes. really care That's he wants cool. to shoot one though he says i need to shoot one yeah. yeah so this year we're gonna try to get him one but there you go he's too nice he doesn't like he'll pass you the gun right when he sees it here you shoot it <laughs> nice that's cool that's good but, yeah it's a good uh you have to appreciate that a lot because not a lot of people have, not a lot of people have that, but not necessarily have exactly what that is. A lot of people have good families at home, loving families at home, but the opportunities that you've had as a result of that is to something that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, definitely. yeah. I'm sure you have memories of classmates and you think, well, I, I'm pretty, uh, pretty appreciative that I have the family that I have. Yes. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Um, yeah pretty tough on on some kids doesn't mean that they're going to be like turning out bad or anything like that a lot of kids yeah. didn't have a whole lot end up being really really, really cool and, and successful but uh yeah it's a cool thing to appreciate but yeah. if you could go on uh one big hunt what uh what would it be or something to save money for uh 
Uh, I've always wanted to get an elk, maybe like a, a archery elk down south, or maybe even Ellen Island. And also, I've always wanted to do a doll sheep. That's what I was going to say, doll sheep awesome. for sure. Yeah, the doll sheep's got to happen. I don't have yeah. enough knowledge to go on a doll sheep hunt yet, but in the yeah. future, I would like to. Yeah. The scary thing about the doll sheep would be full curl. That's so there's no way I'm counting rings. Like when I was up in the uh, wife and I were doing some hikes in and around Denali and looking at sheep and thinking, okay, that one's clearly not. But there are a couple that, whoa, that thing's awesome. Is it full curl? And there was one that clearly was, but it was in the park. And so it's, yeah. Yeah. it's not going to exist outside of it. But it would be so, so nervous. It seems to be that they're always right there too, all the ones that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's because they don't, it's, they don't curl exactly. They kind of flare out. They can flare yeah. out a little bit, and you have to get a different view. And I'd, I'd need to go with someone who really knows, mm -hmm. who can say, yeah, shoot that thing. Um, I'd, I'd love to shoot a double-broomed one that we don't have to worry about. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just okay. like, okay, you're good. <laughs> Sweet. That's don't shoot. have to worry. But, yeah, people are talking about counting rings, and, well, I knew it was this. Man, yeah. you got to have that experience. But, yeah, it's something that yeah. you got to do. I went on a mule deer hunt where you had to count points, and mm. it had – a third point that was very close to an inch and an eye guard that was very close to an inch. Oh, so it was eye guard counting too? Yeah, an eye guard was counting. Okay. Just three three one-inch points on at least one side. Okay. And I shot it, and I was kind of skeptical, but it yeah. was ended up being a three-by-three three with both eye guards. Yeah, that's the thing. Understanding what the regulations are and what they mean by that yeah. is huge too. I was looking at some of the moose stuff for the hunt we're going to do in September and like what constitutes a brow tine versus there's – the gap between the brow tines and the paddle, whatever point is in there, it doesn't count. It's like a mid bay or whatever point. That's not an actual brow tine. So just getting all that stuff figured out. Oh, some yeah. areas it's three brow tines. Some areas it's four or more. Yeah. Because again, you know, I can't with 50 inches. I, I don't know. You know I'm not going to be yeah, how are you gonna even thinking about, no. about that, about, uh, about that. So, um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. Makes it a little bit more nerve wracking, and then of course you're shooting a massive animal like that. Yeah. So you gotta, if you happen to shoot a bad shot on a blacktail, it's still going down. Yeah. Yeah. But a moose, probably not. Probably not. Yeah. So yeah, those interior things that we don't have down here. I guess there's good moose hunting around, but uh, not the same level. Yeah. But that interior stuff, there's so much to do. It's just hard to get up there. It's yeah. expensive. Oh yeah. Um, and then like you said, figuring it out. Like who's gonna put you on a good spot because you start walking in from somewhere and like oh yeah there's no rams here like well i didn't know that yeah you, know, you just waste 10 days yeah hiking around and there's no legal legal rams or any rams at all so yeah but yeah it's got to be got to be something to do so. one day one day not anytime yeah. soon for me but yeah. yeah well shoot once you get the license man that's going to be your pilot's oh, license yeah. there yeah then well me and deegan were planning on going Scouting some new mountains to maybe alpine hunt no. this year, but that that just didn't happen. Well, it's good to be patient about stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't want to so don't want to get too much knowledge right off the bat, and then <laughs> yeah. it won't be fun. Well, really well, I mean, if you if you're if you're going up to some of these alpine lakes to, to land a plane, like that's a good uh, thing to be really good at. Oh yeah. No, I have a friend from Craig who lives up in in um, Anchorage now, and she got her pilot's license, and her goal this year was to fly the plane into a spot and then go shoot a mountain goat. I was like, that is a cool, yeah, cool thing to do. Cause they have those, when the water's low and a lot of those rivers, you have those, um, oh, the you can land on the, on the beach or on, yeah. the, on the bank there, which is just pretty nice. Um, so they got the big tundra tires. Yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah. Big old. So that's, 
but flying is part of the culture. It's the history of Alaska. A lot of people yeah. back to the people who are open cockpit, you know, worried about yes. the oil freezing at yeah. you know, negative <laughs> 60. Like, what are you, who are you people? Yeah, that's crazy. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, anything else? What else you got? All right, yeah. there it is. Yeah, that's it. I guess. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for uh, coming us. over. Yeah, it was yeah. great, uh, great chatting with you guys, and uh, we'll be in touch, and we can Absolutely. talk about specific things off the air now. Sounds good.